Hello, everyone. You're listening to Battle Red Radio. My name is Matt Weston, and tonight I'm still joined by uh, my good friend Taylor. I don't think we're good friends anymore. I don't understand. I'm exhausted. Like I'm tired of this. Yeah, you're the one who like won't go home. I thought this was a good idea. I've been telling you to leave for the past 48 hours. Go home. <laughs> just leave. We've done way too many research. We've watched so much film. Yeah. I'm just, I'm out of it, man. You had me watching Detroit film. Detroit. And now Arizona. But you do better appreciate how Matt Patricia blitzes linebackers to create a pass rush. I appreciate nothing. You're at least more appreciative of that. I'm not appreciative. It was anything. worth it. It wasn't worth anything. It was worth it. You're out of your mind. Well, this is for the love of the game. Oh, God. At least we're done with the NFC, right? No. (laughs) Oh, we're not? (laughs) The love of our 4 million listeners we have every month. We love all of you. Hey, we love every single one of you. Keep the fan mail coming. Except for you, Susan. (sighs) Susan just won't leave me alone. Yeah. God, she keeps hitting up my Twitter account. Uh, Tweet, tweet. Is that how it works? Yeah, that's how Twitter goes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I like the crickets. Do you go on cricket? <laughs> is that where your phone is? Yeah, I got a cricket phone. <laughs> yeah, cricket phone. Yeah. I'm, I miss sleeping with the windows open. You know what? Cricket's probably better than Sprint at this point. Uh, God. I don't know. Sprint just makes me angry. I miss sleeping with the windows open. But what tonight, does that mean? <laughs> tonight, we're doing the NFC West, the last team in the NFC we have left to do. And we're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals. They're going out to the desert. Oh, God. Uh, it's, a, it's a real Bruce Springsteen song. There is no Bruce Springsteen. This is not a Bruce Springsteen song. This is... I mean, Bruce Springsteen does have a song about the Arizona desert. His new album has a song called Tucson Train, which takes place in Arizona. That's not how it goes. Yeah. It's it's called Tucson Train. I feel like you just made that up at the top of your head. No, it's great. I drove around Wyoming crying and listened to Bruce Springsteen. Take it from me firsthand. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I do on vacation. (laughs) I loved so it. So that's what you said when you just need time to yourself is to listen to Bruce Springsteen and just sit in the car, drive to Wyoming and just cry. Yeah. That's all you want to do? Yeah. That's, that's my That's my me time. So the Arizona Cardinals, uh, they made so many changes from last year to this year. Uh, they added a bunch of players. They lost a bunch of players. So they lost Steve Wilkes. They lost Byron Leftwich. They lost Mike Glennon. They lost Antoine Bethay, Jermaine Gresson, Mikey Opati, Marcus Golden, Dion Buchanan. J.J. Nelson, Ode Abushi, Olson Pierre. They added Vance Joseph as their defensive coordinator. Uh, of course, they have Texas Tech, you know, Wonder Man as their new head coach. They added Robert Alford, who broke his leg again today. They had Brooks Reed, Charles Clay, <laughs> Marcus like Gilbert, play right tackle, Jordan Hicks, J.R. Sweezy, Brett Hundley, Max Garcia, Kevin White, Josh Shaw, Darius Phylon, Terrell Suggs, Max Williams with two X's, not three X's, and Tremaine Brock. So, I mean, this is a lot of turnover in one offseason, and they drafted Kyler Murray number one. And they yeah. drafted like tw- 10 players this year, a lot, of, a lot of picks in this year's draft for them. Yeah, and I don't believe in anything that this team is doing. So, I just don't even understand why we're talking about this team. Well, I mean, I did pick them to make the playoffs last year. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and that was a wonderful pick. But that was also because you were overshadowed because of your David Johnson love. Do you even think that the Kyle Murray and David Johnson thing is going to be the ultimate duo? Is I, that what you believe? Okay, so let me preface this by saying I think preseason football means nothing. I agree. It's stupid. It yeah. sucks. They should only have two preseason games, one for the starters, one for the backups. That being said, I think Kyle Murray's going to die. He's going to get hit so hard. Like, he looks like an ant. So I told you, and you kept saying no, that I was over-exaggerating when I said he's 5'6", that he's yeah, behind. Yeah, he looks Matt, different. he looks like me on a football field. He looks different on a college field than an NFL field, though. Yeah, it's because the guys are smaller. These are men that are just ginormous. They're, man. It's insane. Matt, when we had a stand-up side-by-side, one of them, it's so weird as saying when you can honestly say, oh, yeah, if he shoves me, I may have to go to the hospital. Yeah. If one if he shows me with one arm and I just always remember whatever he said, Oh, you're a big boy to you and you know what your response was? You're a big boy. You were so offended that day. No, I was fine with it. Who was that that told you that? Uh that was the guy he played from Kansas State. He yeah. still plays for Minnesota, I think. I was about to say he's still in the league. 
It was the funniest thing when we went and saw that. I got it right here. You ready? Yeah. Uh, actually, I don't have it. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is what you do. You're supposed to be the stats guy, and yet you've fallen behind. It will come to me like in, in 10 minutes or so. I remember they asked me, like, what's your secret? He's like, glass of red wine every night. Who said this? That's what that guy said. He played in the league until he was like 42 at cornerback. Oh. oh, it was Terrence Newman. That's who it was. No, it wasn't Terrence Newman. It was Terrence Newman. No, it was It was Terrence Newman. I don't think it was Terrence Newman. I don't think it was Terrence Newman. You're wrong. All right, I think so, you're wrong on this one. No, you're 100% wrong. No, you're so 110% here, here's wrong. What, here's what scares me for Kyle Murray. Last year, the Arizona Cardinals gave up 52 sacks, and they gave up 52 sacks in 2017. Their pressure rate last year was 35.4%, which was 29th. This is their offensive line this year. Are you ready? As of right now, DJ Humphreys, left tackle. Justin Pugh, left guard. At center, they're having a position battle between Mason Cole and A.Q. Shipley. At right guard, they have J.R. Sweezy, who's a terrible pass blocker. At right tackle, they have Marcus Gilbert, who was you know good in uh, Pittsburgh. So what do you think? <laughs> is, is Kyle Murray going to be sacked 52 times this year? No, because he'll be able to maneuver out. Oh, man, I don't want him to get hit one single time. But I feel like not 52 times, I'm going to say 51 times. Okay. So I think it's going to go a little bit under, and that's just because of his mobility. I really hope that they just teach him to go down. That's my only that's hope. That's what he did in that preseason game. He took that safety. It's just no matter what, you're going to need to go down. And that's just because, Matt, what happens if somebody pushes him? I don't know. He's going to go flying. Yeah, I mean... If Khalil Mack were to hit him one time in the chest, what would happen? He uh, may explode. Well, this is also kind of the problem with Kyler Murray. Last year in Oklahoma, I think all five of his offensive linemen are going to play in the pros. There you go. In high school, two of his offensive linemen are playing in the pros. That's really lucky. Yeah, and so he's always played behind a really great offensive line. He's always had plenty of time to throw. Uh, he's always had that, those opportunities, and now he's going. I think this offensive line to me like the twenty fifth best at pass protection. Like I do really like Marcus Gilbert. I think their I think their center and their right guard is gonna be a big trouble. Like Sweezy's never been good at pass blocking, and one thing that you need that teams need to understand they never understand is you don't sign offensive linemen from Seattle because none of them can pass block. It's just Russell Wilson is just like incredible to yes. make up for it. And like the Bucks gave Sweezy like a forty-five million dollar contract for like four years. Like you're so stupid, don't do that. And he was cut after one year, of course. And uh, Humphreys, this is probably his last year before he goes and he's released. And they're not gonna pick up his fifth-year option. He was a former first-round pick. So yeah, I'm I'm worried. The only thing that I guess you can make up for it is that it's the preseason. They're not gonna do everything they're typically typically going to do. I think J- David Johnson's even played on these preseason games. <laughs> Are you uh, disappointed by that? Have you been looking forward to the return of David Johnson? Yeah, I can't wait. Because you're going to be drafting him number one, right? He's going to catch 120 passes this year. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. Oh, no, he's not. The Cardinals are going to throw like 60 passes a game. And Johnson's going to catch like 120 passes I don't passes think they're going to throw year. that many passes. I don't know what Colorado is going to be able to do. I'm so lost. I mean, it's Kingsbury's offense. They throw the ball 75 times a game or so. I just... I'm lost. I just don't think he's going like to be able to. Every, every, pa- every play is a pass with the option to run the ball. He didn't look good this last preseason. Yeah, I know. Is he the starter? Who? Kyler Murray. Yeah, 100%. Man, he didn't look good. Brett Hunley looked pretty good, though. Yeah, he did look good. That's all yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. He looks like Hunley, but just like seven inches taller. Yeah. Like, he looks like he should be on the field. I agree. <laughs> it's cause, like I Like I said, I didn't really realize how small I was until that first preseason game. It's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're nervous whenever you're watching him. I am kind of scared. Um, so his pass catchers, though, I think Charles Clay is going to be really good in Arizona. I Larry Fitzgerald's still here, of course. They added Christian Kirk. Well, Christian Kirk's still here. He's a really good like sideline receiver, go up and get it sort of guy. They Kinda. dropped to Andy, Zab- Andy Isabella, who's the same sort of player. And they, uh, si- they signed Kevin White to oh, play good. two games before Kevin breaking White. his leg again. So that's the offense. He's going to have like 55 passes in every game. That's good. So I really hope that Larry Fitzgerald is going to catch about 30 of those a game. Because otherwise, what does he have? He has nothing. And Kevin White is the most overrated receiver to ever come out. I don't think he's overrated because somebody said he's good. I thought he was drafted first round. Yeah, he's like a second overall pick. 
I'm saying okay. like and now right. that he's in the league. <laughs> Wait, hold yeah, on. Yeah, but he was just a bad draft pick. He's not overrated. Okay, if you're the number two pick overall, I think he was three. Okay, either way, yeah. I thought he was later on in the first round. Yeah. I didn't realize he was top five. Yeah. If you're top five and you're that bad, Matt, what has he done? He's a bust. He's a complete bust. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's overrated though. Okay, well, I don't, yeah. what do you? Well, it's a, it's lexicon. Somebody here. somebody rated him high in the draft. So the Cardinals were really bad last year. I was very wrong. Uh, yeah, they won. You were. <laughs> they won three games. They were 32nd DVA and they get 40.7 percent. This is one of the worst offenses of all time. They play the fifth toughest schedule um, out there. And, like, really the big question for them is, is their offensive line going to be better? They had 13 offensive line starters last year. There you 13. Go. I think that's not going to be – they won't have 13 this year. That's solid. I really think the biggest problem is just at center and right guard. Uh, I like this defense, but I don't like Vance Joseph coaching it. Why? What's with Vance Joseph? What does he do? He doing? plays nickel. He doesn't blitz. He sits in zone coverage. Uh, he's never coached a really good defense in his entire career. Sometimes all we have is a nickel. Man. He's never been a good coach. Sometimes it's all we need. He was a good defensive back coach, I guess, once upon a time, but well, he's maybe never. Maybe he could bring some. You know what? I feel like this is. It's just like what you said, though. Everyone's just going to be watching the offense. Nobody's really going to be paying attention to the defense. So it's all about. Putting up points. It's all about if he's the next Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's all, about all we care sure about. Because the greatest game last year was the Los Angeles Rams versus the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night. Woo! Worst game of all time. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm just kind of. That's what the league's going to turn into. I'm bummed because when I think about Arizona. I think about a lot of blitzes, a lot of like fun. Like that's you know, not happening. I mean, they were the team. They rushed the fifth most. Pa- they rushed at least five rushers. I said that wrong again. They rushed five rushers the most times in football last year. Um, and, like, that's what I want to see from Arizona. I want to see them, like, rush four and sit back in coverage. It's yeah, boring. Don't they have T-Sizzle? Yeah, they got Charles Suggs. There it is, man. No, T-Sizzle is no, all you need. That's not what he is. He's the space turtle. No, man. No, Wait. he's the creator of the universe. What, do you, what does that mean? Terrell Suggs is the space turtle. How is he a space turtle? Because he's, like, 41 years old. He's still playing. He was still really good last year, and he's the creator of the universe. He's 41. I mean, he's not 41. Okay, I was about to say, if he was 41, then he has, like, a magical fountain that he's not telling anybody about. He's he's at 37 okay, this that's, year. That's still pretty up there. <laughs> yeah, and at his age 37 season, he had seven sacks, seven quarterback hits, 36 pressures. That's pretty solid. Uh, Chandler Jones last year, 13 sacks, seven hits, 30 pressures. So, like, pretty much the only difference is that Jones had six more sacks. Yeah, you know what? I think... Terrell Suggs should just come to Dallas for a little bit. I think he would actually enjoy playing with us. I think it's a little late. Yeah, probably. I don't know why you picked Arizona, though. Cause just, I, think uh, he, I think he wanted to live in the desert. Who wants to live in the desert? A lot of people want to live in the desert. Nobody wants to live in the desert. It's not true. You're the only one who wants to live in the desert. Uh, it's it's the best, dude. It's, it's the best. It's not. They're also... So, like, the other thing about their defense, too, is they've drafted a lot of guys early on. I know they recently cut... Uh, I can't even say say his name, but Robert M. DeMichiche from Ole Miss. He was a first-round pick. I think I said it right. He's did. Uh, he was a first-round pick from there. They released him recently. But also, you know, they have Asam Reddick. He's never really done it. Uh, they lost Dan Buchanan. He never really did it either. They lost Marcus Golden. He never really did it either. And, uh, and like, um, Buda Baker had a really good year last year. They're going to lose Patrick Pearson for the first four games, who's – you know, still a top five cornerback, but they've put a bunch of money and a bunch of investment into their front seven, their defense, and it's been like it's been good. It's been like the twelfth best defense in football. But like, are you expecting any of these young guys at all to to really break through this year? No, I'm expecting nothing out of this. <laughs> nothing. Uh, like, what are you even trying to say right now with this team? This team is not going anywhere, Matthew. I do like Corey Peters. Uh, he has a huge belly. He's fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are you? What are you even playing for with this? This is what you do. I swear, I'm not coming in here every week and talking about the Arizona Cardinals. This again. is the only time I'm not doing this. This you have ruined the bad team conversation because this the okay, defense well, and the young guys. The young guys, you know what, Matt? They're going to be a splash. They're going to have some great plays, and it's going to equal to them putting up nothing. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I can't argue against that. <laughs> Well, then what do you think about the young guys? Uh, like The Cardinals are interesting at least, and that's what, one of the good things about it. They're not like... They'll be watchable on TV. They're interesting. 
It's like it's like if you're gonna be bad, at least be interesting. Don't be Miami. Miami's not interesting. Don't be Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not interesting. At like, least if you're a Monday night football game, I want to watch you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's there's fun stuff you. to see here. The defense does bum me out again. Like I don't want to see Joseph Coach's defense. Uh, you're so against him, man. I mean, yeah, I'm really am. Man, I'm bummed by it. That's ridiculous. And I'm excited to see David Johnson get 100 carries. I'm okay. excited to see if this Murray thing works out. It's interesting to see if this offense works out. Again, I'm just afraid for him. So the projected win total here for the Cardinals is 6.4. Postseason odds, 16.9%. The over-under is 5. So what do you have for the Arizona Cardinals? I'm going to put them at 4. So I'm going to put the under 4-12. and 12. Okay, I have them winning five games. Ooh, so you're going even, Steve? I'm going even. All right. I mean, like they won three last year. They're not going to have 13 offensive starters. I don't think Kyler Murray makes the entire season. Uh, but like Hundley looked, you know, good enough. He can gallop around some, and there's enough defensive talent here uh, to make some things happen. I think the one thing's be interesting about the Cardinals is if they trade uh, Patrick Pearson or not mid- midway through the year too. I think they will because eventually I feel like he's going to make a big stink about things and then he's going to want to get traded away because the team's going to be going in a new direction of just wanting all the young guys. Yeah. I feel like I just heard that conversation so many times by these other players that I just feel like it's going to happen. You know, whenever we're interviewing, we have to interview with these guys and it's just... Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Of course. So next up is the Los Angeles Rams. So last year, I picked the Rams to not make the playoffs. They scored three points in the Super Bowl instead. And there's a lot of regression numbers against the Rams. And you know what? This year, there's a lot of regression numbers against the Rams. They won two more games um, the year before, last year than they did the year before, which is tied six. They went seven and one in one score games. Their turnover differential was plus 11, which was fourth. They played the 25th easiest schedule. Uh, They're second DVA. They're also the third healthiest team in football. And they recovered 21 out of, all, out of 32 fumble attempts, which there's no skill in recovering fumbles. It's something that fluctuates year to year. And this season, in this offseason, they lost John Sullivan, their starting center, Roger Saffold, their starting left guard, Mark Barron, and LaMarcus Joyner. And they added Eric Weddle, Blake Bortles, and Clay Matthews. So, <laughs> uh, All you need is Blake Bortles and you're done. I, I really don't want to pick the Rams, make the playoffs. I think they're going to be a worse team this year. I just, the rest of the division doesn't, like, do enough for me. Doesn't scream. Yeah. Like, I've been really, like, trying to talk myself into the 49ers. Like, really trying to. Whoa, okay. I can't talk myself into the 49ers. I can at least talk myself into Seattle, but I can't do the 49ers Yeah, I here. just think, I think the Rams are going to be worse this year. Yeah, but. And, it's, and it starts with their offensive line. It really does. Because they're losing. So How get, many? Is that three? Well, they lost two starters. Okay. Also, Andrew Whitworth is going to be 38 this year. And in his place is uh, Joe Notebloom at left guard, who's going to be taking over Saffold. And Saffold was dominant last year. He was so good blocking the second level. He was instrumental to their outside zone scheme. And they replaced um, Sullivan with Brian Allen, who I believe was a third-round pick. So it's like there's draft pedigree here. There's draft capital involved. These aren't like talent, talentless schmucks. These aren't UDFAs and that sort of thing. But again, like it's a it's such a it's such a scheme that's based on. Like continuity, knowing when to leave, knowing how to flow uh, in the right direction. And like until I watch this offensive line play, I can't expect the Rams to be good because their entire offense is based around their rushing offense. Last year was 21.3% DVA, which was first in football. They averaged 4.9 yards a carry, which was third. They had 23 rushing, rushing touchdowns, which was second. They had 2,231 rushing yards, which was second. Uh, Todd Gurley averaged 4.9 yards an attempt. Malcolm Brown averaged four point nine. Who's going to fill in for Gurley as he you know deals with his arthritis knees? Uh, who knows when he's going to play this year? Apparently, Gurley's looking good. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And C.J. Anderson averaged seven point oh yards a carry. He still doesn't have a job. Uh, no, he's playing in Detroit. Oh wait, wait, wait. not C- Yeah, is my time about C.J. Anderson? Yeah, he's in Detroit. Wait. Yeah. Are you sure? One hundred percent. So he's their third guy. No. Who's this? Who's their third guy? That's what I'm saying. He'd be Detroit's third guy. No, he'd be th- their second guy. No, their second guy's Abdullah. Abdullah's in Minnesota. Oh man, yeah. I got my so, teams mixed up. So, do you think the Rams can have a dominant, all-time great rushing attack next year with the injury history that Gurley has, with the loss of their offensive line? 
No, and that's just because Jared Goff is going to be taking a step back rather than taking a step forward, which is what everybody believes he's going to do. I just, especially with Gurley's knees, but this is why I don't want to pay Zeke, is this is the prime example. His He does not look the same. I don't know how you're going to be able to flip the switch that's automatically going to make your legs better. I'm just... I don't see it with this team. I hope they regress. But just like what we spoke about earlier, we thought this team was just going to be losing in the playoffs. And yet they kept winning and winning. And somehow McVay became like the new hot thing. Jared Goff being his little toy that he controls. I just, I hate this I mean, they, team. They only won two playoff games. They I had the first this team, round though. Of the I yeah. just want this team to lose so bad. I mean, they, they ran the ball down Dallas, and then they got lucky because Drew Brees couldn't throw the ball downfield in the NFC title game. And they had that you know pass interference penalty that vaulted them to the Super Bowl where they scored three points against the defensive mastermind. Uh, do you think there's any concerns that Bill Belichick figured out this offense? Because this offense just runs 11 personnel, which is one tight end, one running back, three wide receivers. They ran this formation 92% of all their plays. They had DVA of 29.2% out of 11 personnel, and they averaged 6.7 yards per play in this offense. But do you think that like Bill Belichick is the only one that looked at that, and he's the only one that figured that out out of any other NFL coach? I mean, last year he was. But that's what I'm saying. So nobody else saw what they were running? No, everybody saw what they were running, but he was the only one to come up with the solution to stop them and hold them at three points. So what do you think it was then? Uh, they ran they ran a, a 46 defense. And they use four linebackers, four defensive linemen. You know what? I just, I think Bill Belichick and just they, got lucky. And they I think it's all this is. And it's because McVay probably told him what he was doing because he called him before the Super Bowl asking him what to expect. God, McVay just so disappointed me last year with that phone call. What do you mean you're calling him before the Super Bowl? What does it matter yeah. with you? Act like you've be been a man. There. Yeah. What is a, you're supposed to be a grown up. Act like you've been there before. God. And. Um, I just, I just really hope that Jared Goff just takes a step back. So the thing about Goff and his daddy is that Jared Goff with Cooper Cup, you're gonna see these stats over and over again, and I'm, and I'm just gonna repeat something that has just been stated whenever you read any sort of article about the Los Angeles Rams. Whenever you read anything about Jared Goff at all whatsoever, so with with Cup, he averaged, uh, he had he had DVOA of ten point nine percent. They averaged. No, with Cup, they had a DVOA of 39.1%. They averaged 33.4 points a game. Uh, without Cup, it dropped down to 10.9%, and they averaged 29, uh, 29 points a game. And so I give his... Goff was like an entirely different quarterback uh, with and without him. They were like an entirely different offense with and without him. And sometimes you have Cup healthy, and you have you know Cup, you have uh, Brand Cooks, you have Robert Woods. You have the entire offense back, and you have his three best receivers you know, like, can he make up for the running game if it isn't an all-time great one? And that's the argument for, is that Cup is going to be there. Yeah, and that's what everybody kept saying, too, is that it would open up the passing game a little bit more. I just, I feel like they still have plenty of weapons to be able to pass the ball around. I can't believe that Cup truly made that big of a difference. I never really realized he was that key to the offense, and I thought Cooks would be able to step up a little bit more. Talk about, isn't he getting paid? Because is Cubs still on his rookie contract or something? Yeah, he is. And is he oh, is he up after this year? I mean, this is only this is only his third year. How long do they have him for on the rookie deal? Four. Four? Okay. Yeah. And so when it comes to the Cooper Cup thing, I, I just hope that he's able to stay healthy because I'm interested to see what the Rams offense is able to do. But kind of like you said, after Bill Belichick kind of showed teams the blueprint, do you really think the offense is going to be able to sustain the momentum they had last year? I'm just not buying into it anymore. Yeah. I feel like somebody's going to be able to figure them out finally and just copy like what Bill, Bill Belichick, Belichick did. did. Yeah. yeah it's They're like- just going to copy that same tape if that's, what, how, if that's how many times they run that type of offense. How do they not they just, just copy? run the same offense? There it is. Again. That's what I mean. And just like every play looks the same. They just do really great jobs of motion with how they package their plays. But they run the same plays uh, over and over again. So in Cup's place was Josh Reynolds. Uh, Reynolds averaged 13.9 yards a catch, but he had DVOA of 1.9%. Cup again had a DVOA of 23.8%. And like he really, you know, I guess made the offense zoom uh, throughout last year. Also, like Gurley's a really great receiving back as well, too. And it's not even that you lose Gurley in the run game, but there's a big difference between Gurley and Malcolm Brown in the passing game. 
And then all reports right now for Daryl Henderson, the rookie running back they drafted from Memphis, whoever's like 7.5 yards to carry in Memphis, something absurd. You liked that, him. Yeah, I still do. But uh, all the reports are that he's having trouble adjusting to this outside zone scheme where it's Ooh. not just like run forward and break tackles. It's flow, flow, vision, cut back. And uh, it takes some time to get used to that sort of offense. So what you were saying is that you were wrong. I'm not saying I'm wrong. I'm saying he's not going to be – he may not be week one incredible. Oh. Those are two different things. I think I think Matt may be wrong on this one. Uh, uh, so the other problem here, too, is that this defense was mediocre last year, and this defense was just like Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in football, and we got lucky and forced enough turnovers where we were able to make up for, you know – Akeem Talib and Marcus Peters being kind of whatever last year. So Donald had 57 stops, 36 defeats, 20 and a half sacks, 22 quarterback hits, and 59 pressures. Um, the Rams are first in pressure rate, and it's pretty much all because Aaron Donald. They lost in Domikosu. They didn't add another defense line replacement. They, they brought in Clay Matthews though. And how old is Clay? I think he's 34. He's in his 30s now. Yeah, 32. You ready to find out? Yes, yeah, I guess. He's 32. He's 33 this year. Ooh. Yeah. So I was in between. Either way, yeah, they didn't add anybody, so now people are just going to be able to focus on Donald even more. So it's nothing's going to be able to help them unless you think Wade Phillips is the mastermind going to be able to come up with another strategy. No, I mean, he runs. he's run the same defense his whole career, but Phillips does do a good job. He's good. Creating one I versus one rushes for his guys. Like He did the same thing with Watt. But this is also a very mediocre defense last year. This they just got away with so many yeah. things. They got away with robbery in so many games. Yeah. I hated their backfield so much. Oh my god. Yeah, it's not a dominant. Marcus it's, Peters. It's not a dominant defense by any means, but you kind of assume so because of how good Donald is. They just force a lot of big plays. I think uh, Abakum's a good example of that, where the guy just like that Kansas City game. He forced like three turnovers, had two touchdowns in that game. Like, they make big plays. Uh, they're real. They're real boomer bust defense. And I just have concerns with like Peters. After how like le- little it looked like he cared last year, it's like, and he doesn't tackle. He doesn't do then, anything. He just goes for the pick. Yeah, and then Talib is also you know he's getting up there in age too. Um, Talib, you know Eric Well is thirty four this year. Talib's thirty three this year, and so this isn't like a young group. You know, there's not a uh, this isn't like a young offense that has like guys just sitting there waiting to break out at all either. Yeah, I just I'm really looking forward to the Rams this season because. Regardless of what I say, I feel like they're going to be able to at least sustain some type of momentum with that offense. The defense, however, I'm going to agree. I feel like the defense is the thing that's really going to be hurting. And I think they're even going to be worse to be able to put up. People are going to put up so many points on them. And it's really going to be, I'll put it this way. I feel like the Rams are going to have to be Kansas City last year. Where the defense is just going to give up all the points in the world. And golf is going to have to be Patrick Mahomes rookie year. Which I don't think Jared Goff is that good. Well, nobody's been that good before, though. Yeah, but even I'm talking about just at least scoring the ball, at least putting up 38 points a game. I just don't think Goff is that guy. I'm, I don't know. I think they can keep scoring 31. I don't know, but but it's also without Gurley being fully healthy. Yeah. I just don't trust the legs of Gurley. No, for sure, I understand. And uh, I mean, they scored 527 points last year, and so it's it's not only just like Goff. It's the loss of the of the center and left guard. It's Gurley. It's the fact that Bill Belichick held him three points last year. And so I don't, I think more importantly than Goff, it's can McVay evolve this offense another step forward to make up for the fact that there is video out there and how to stop them. I don't think he's going to be able to come up with something new. I just I'm not I, seeing that. I mean I think so. I think he can, but I think it's an enormous question. I, I don't know. know. I. <laughs> So you think he's going to come up with something like new, like spanking new here? No, I mean, just like you, you just evolve what you're good at doing and you get better at what you're doing. Yeah, but when your quarterback is just Jared Goff, I just don't think you're going to be able to. Yeah. I just but don't I mean, th- he can still talk to him every time. So I think that's, all, that's all that matters as long as you can whisper in his ear. So last year they were 13-3. and three. This year they're projected with 9.6 games. Their postseason odds are 16.5%. Um, they played the 17th toughest schedule this year. And so I don't like the Rams this year. I don't want to pick them in the playoffs. I just can't talk myself into San Francisco or Seattle uh, just yet. But their over-under is 10.5 wins. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to go 10-6. and six. I could even see them going 9-7. and seven. I see them going 7-9. and nine. 
Uh, I just don't think they're going to be a dominant team. I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender this year at all. I'm still going to put them at about 10-6. and six. Do you so have them winning the division as well? Yeah. I don't want to say for sure on that, only because I still actually have a toss-up between them and Seattle. Okay. So that's where I'm you at. You think about it for a second. I, I will. I will. But do they have a, do I have a last game between them? Uh, what do I have? Well, you gotta keep talking for just one second. Oh right, man, I will. But you gotta show me what I have. Why don't you have these things ready? I, yeah. Whenever I'm at the becking call, that's do, what I'm supposed why don't to you have. You do some instead of sitting there feeding yourself grapes. Uh, so they play Seattle. Wine. They have Seattle week fourteen, and then they have Seattle week five. They end the year at Dallas, at San Francisco, and Arizona. Ooh, at Dallas, that's a loss. And then they play. So their last, uh, their last five games. At Arizona, Seattle, at Dallas, at San Francisco, Arizona. Yeah, the Seattle thing's going to be huge. I feel like one of those teams, and I don't want to know which one, is going to be 11-5, and five, the other one's 10-6. and six. I actually feel like both of them are going to make the playoffs. Interesting. Oh, that's where I'm at, man. Okay. That's my wild card. Ooh, ooh. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. And we're back. So the next team on the docket is the San Francisco 49ers. So the 49ers are kind of the opposite of the Rams with the fact that they had a really sad year last year. They went 3-6 and six in one-score games. They had the worst turnover di- differential in football at negative 25. Um, they had three starting quarterbacks last year. They lost you know, Jared McKinnon really early in the year. They were the fourth, mer- fourth most injured team in football. They lost Garoppolo in the third week of the season as well too. They just lost a lot of guys, but they weren't good at the same time. They were 30th in DVOA, and they were they played the 10th strongest schedule. So this year, they add Quan Alexander, they add D Ford, they add Tevin Colvin, they add Jordan Matthews, they add David Mayo, they add Jason Red. Uh, probably the best player they lost last year was I don't know. What do you think about Pierre Garcon? Yeah, no. he drops a lot of passes. And was uh, who is he even playing for now? I don't think he's even in the league right okay, now. Okay, there you go. Uh, they lost Earl Mitchell. Not very good as well yeah. either. I mean, like the the entire team is better, and then you also had Nick Bosa and all the early round picks they had. I they think had tr- doing a two bit young more. wide receivers as well too, and uh, and Debo Samuel, and they also added uh, Jalen Hurd from Baylor as well too. So like, they have a lot of like they don't have like a dominant skill player, but they have like competent players, and you also have Kyle Shanahan as the head coach, who's you know one of the better offensive coordinators in football at the same time. Yeah, no, no, I agree with everything you're saying because also I think the main thing is the fact where were they even good before all those injuries? I mean, even with Jimmy G, they were 1-1, one and, one, and it's not like he looked that great. He wasn't setting the world on fire, and then he gets injured in Game 3. I mean... Would he, you would you call him 1-2 and two, even though he got hurt in that game? No, I wouldn't. I'd okay. call him 1-1. One one. He played well against Kansas City, too. Yeah, I mean, their pass defense was the, one of the worst in football, but... Uh, yeah, I just I wouldn't blame that on the injury thing. Is just weird. So yeah, I don't do anything like that. He tore his ACL. But that's also why I can't really blame it. I mean, you went through three quarterbacks. I mean, I picked up beat hard, Matt. <laughs> that's who I picked up in fantasy last year. Do you think he's better than Nick Mullins? I will say beat hard's kind of surprised me. I but think Mullins is better. I mean, Nick Mullins looked really good for the short amount of time. Do you I, think Kyle Shanahan wants Mullins to be the starter? Actually. No, I think he really likes Jimmy G. Because, you know, like Gruden does that thing where he's like, you know he wants Peter Man to be a starting quarterback. Like he loves oh, he loves old house to build back up. I really hope not. Yeah, he does. He loves that. Why on earth would you ever want that in your he life? He wants Mike Glennon to like win the starting job. Like okay. He loves a reclamation project. That's the weirdest thing I've ever okay. well, you, you think I'm going to turn you into something great. You think Jimmy's the guy? You think Jimmy's the guy? Well, I don't know if Jimmy's a guy, but I don't think he's really had a fair shot. You know what I love, though, is a fact where they said he threw five straight interceptions. Yeah, I don't really care about that. But here's my thing, Matt. You could say you don't really care about that. It's just practice or it's just preseason, whatever. But how the hell do you throw five picks in a row? I don't know. <laughs> Matt, by the hold on. By the fourth one, you have to be thinking something different, right? By the fifth one, what are you thinking? Uh, I don't get to ask Matt Schaub at this, for him. At this point, the only thing I think it would be cool if he came out and said, I was just trying to fit into a tight hole. Yeah, That's I'm, all I was trying to do is just try to get it into practice, a space. I'm going to be aggressive when I can. Yeah. 
do something like that, but I don't know. It didn't sound like that. It just sounded like he was just throwing five picks out there. Well, I know he threw three picks against Minnesota last year in his first game as a starter in San Francisco. He threw a pick six in that game as well, too. Nice. Uh, and again, they lost. So like, But against, against New England, though, he just threw like a lot of quick passes to the sideline. It was very conservative. And so, yeah, like I still don't know what to think about him as well either. Uh, but he does have like a really good arm. I think the problem with him is going to be with pressure. That was his problem going back to college. Is that whenever pressure's there, his his feet get happy. He turns around, runs. He makes bad decisions, and that's the thing that he has to deal with. And like this isn't a very good offensive line. It's okay. Uh, it's Joe Staley who's like I. I mean, it's just easy to say he's like thirty seven years old. He's something like that. Uh, Lincoln Thomason's like really big, but he's not that good of a pass blocker. Uh, ben Garland is here starting at center because Weston Richburg was already cut. Mike Person is their right guard, and their right tackle is Mike McGlinchey. And I didn't even like that much, like him that much of Notre Dame, and he's gonna stay there another year, right tackle until they're hoping he can move over to the left. Um, there, the other interesting thing about the 49ers is that John Lynch has had a ton of top ten picks, top five picks, and I think the best one's gonna be Nick Bosa because this easily, I, you know, this is a big year for some of these guys. Ruben Foster, they trade back up to take, and there's a lot of character issues with him. They're like, we did our homework; he'll be fine. Didn't play any games, released him. He's in Washington. And the other two guys that he took were uh, Taryn Armstead and also Solomon Alexander, or Eric Armstead and Solomon Thomas. Eric Armstead last year, three sacks, 20 pressures. Uh, Solomon Thomas, one sack, uh, only 12 pressures. So it's like, and these these guys both played 600 snaps. I think then they added D4, they had Quan Alexander. And so the question is kind of like, are these guys just phased out the offense completely? Or can they keep bringing in these guys, keep bringing in refreshments? and have a competent pass rush because the secondary is really bad. Yeah, whenever it comes to their defense, I won't lie to you, I'm not expecting much. I'm expecting them to start just like kind of rebuilding and becoming something more because whenever it comes to the San Francisco 49ers, I think the main goal is just for them to be healthy this year. And for Nick Bosa to just kind of get used to the defense as well, well as... he's hurt right now too. He has I, an ankle injury. <laughs> exa- exactly the freaking point. And that's when it comes down to uh, the Kyle Shanahan. I just really hope he get he gets a shot because it seems like he knows what he's doing, and it just worries me that again, he's his teams are getting injured left and right here. Yeah, I think the bigger problem for him is just some of the bad decisions Sean Lynch has made. Yeah, Kyle Yushik, uh, you know, ten million dollars a year to play fullback. You know, so- Thomas was a bad. Hold pick. on, wasn't he like a fan favorite? It doesn't matter. I mean, he. You but his last him, name is so interesting. Who doesn't want to spell you it? You could have like paid that? him two million dollars. Oh, I can't even believe he got paid yeah. like ten million. No, I can. Uh, but like I mentioned like Tom, uh, Solomon Thomas, and Eric Armstead have been bus. Um, he's made some bad decisions, like you know, paying use check. Um, you know, Richard Sherman was pretty good last year, and then also, but there's also questions about paying D four as much as he did, and also training what he did to get him. And also giving Quan Alexander as much as he did, who's you know big guy who's been fast but has been injured and misses a lot of tackles too. I don't have a problem with Quan Alexander though. Yeah, but he, I don't, I just don't think he's worth the contract he got. What do you get? An enormous amount of money. You don't even know this is the Not problem. The See at my beck and call, man. Well, you look it up. You know what? You can't just ask me on top of my head. I don't have the computer. You could look it up before we did this. All right, fine. I'm gonna look up contracts next time. Yeah, if you want to bring it up, you can look it up. Fine. Um. The other thing I wanted to bring up to the 49ers is that all what Kyle Shanahan did a lot of last year was run uh, two running back personnel, and so this was kind of what he did. They ran the they ran this personnel 42 percent of the time. They averaged six point four yards per play. They had a DBA of negative one point five percent, and they only ran the ball fifty one percent of the time. And usually, you think two personnel, you think fullback, running back. They're probably gonna run the ball, you know, seventy five percent of the time, eighty percent of the time. But instead, in Kyle Shanahan's offense, this is a situation where they're looking to throw play action off of, uh, throw to George Kittle off of. And uh, and so now you have an offense that's going to have Jared McKinnon back potentially this year. They signed Tevin Coleman. Matt Breida was one of the most efficient running backs in football last year, even though he was hurt. No, he wasn't. It's all a lie. I mean, he was. Nope. It was, was not. Nope. Yeah. It's not true because he can't be on the field for more than I three know, plays. I said he was one of the most efficient running backs in football, but he was injured. Those two things don't have to be separate things. Oh, they can be. They can both be true. Because it's only. But game. it's like, I'll put it to you this way. If you're on the field for five times and you get 15 yards per carry for those five you're times. You're very efficient. Oh, great. But, but how injured. efficient are you, really? 
You're very efficient. But you're not out there playing. So yeah, but you're I can't injured. R- it's the same thing. You're not that efficient, though. Yeah, you are. No, you're efficient yeah. for five plays that I can use you for because otherwise you're injured. Yeah, you're still Brito efficient. is the most frustrating player. He can be frustrated, and that's what makes him frustrating. He's so fragile. He is very efficient, but he was hurt last year. And then, of course, they have use check because they're paying a bunch of money, too. But who do so you think is like, going to be the starter? Even if McKinnon was healthy? It doesn't matter. They're running backs. They all play Coleman's a Coleman's going to play 90% of everything. No, he's not. Really? 100% he's not. You don't think Coleman's no. going to get the ball more I think, than Breida? I think Coleman will probably get the ball more than Breida, but he's not going to get 90% of the carries. Oh, I think he's actually going to touch the ball a lot. Breida, I think I don't he's going to touch the ball. I think they're all going to touch the ball Breida, a lot. I don't think. I think Breida's going to be kind of weaved out a little bit here. And that's just because he's... He can't stay healthy. He's not reliable. As much as you could say, oh, look what he did. Look how efficient. For five plays out of the entire maybe, game. Maybe he'll get 10 carries a game then. Yeah, he can't but last. I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is that they're going to split time between all the running backs they have because that's what they do there. When is McKinnon supposed to come back? Uh, He hasn't played this preseason. We'll see, though. I mean, he's tore his ACL before practice. Yeah. Before the season even started last year. So I assume he'll be ready by week one. Yeah, I think Coleman's going to get 95% of the snaps. No, that's not what's going to happen. Hey, man, I'm just saying. Uh, I think he only got like 35% when Shanahan was the head coach in Atlanta because Foreman got the majority of them. But I can't see a situation where it's like that. The other problem that they have is that they ran this personnel a lot. They ran the ball a lot, but they were 30th in rushing offense DVOA. And the biggest reason for that was that the average box they faced had 6.38 defenders, which was the fourth most in football. And the best indicator of rushing yards per play is the number of defenders in the box. And so you have Shanahan using this offense that's a lot of two running back sets. He's running out of it, but there's just a lot of players in the box. And this is kind of what happens whenever you have zero good wide receivers on your offense. And so I guess in a roundabout way, like I like the setup. I just have questions about one, Garoppolo's ability not throw a bunch of interceptions, his ability to stay healthy, and then also just the, the wide receivers here, you know? Dante Pettis dropped a lot of passes last year. Goodwin's a, a, a speedster. Goodwin's supposed to be like the breakout guy. Yeah, he's a speedster. He's like, you know, catch. He's like, I'm an average 17 yards of reception sort of guy. But he only had like one or two catches a game. Yeah, because the average is like 17 yards of reception. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so it means only you only get one. And then Matthews has never really had a great year. And they have a bunch of rookies. And rookie, it's weird that like rookie wide receivers really have a great season. Like, it takes them a while. It takes them, like, two years at least or three years to really kind of figure out the pros. It's just strange. You think it would be more position where you draft a guy early and they're great right away? Well, no, only because I feel like you have to learn the playbook in the sense where you have to learn where you can make moves in certain areas. You're getting used to things, especially with guys covering you differently and, I would say, a little more difficulty. So, I mean, yeah, I I, think it makes sense because you have to think about There's, like, certain maneuvers that they do to break away. I mean, even DeAndre Hopkins, even like the little push-ups, little he nudges. He was good his rookie year, though. He was. He was yeah. good. But even like the little nudges, even like the little push-ups, like they all like develop their own type of routine and methods to get open. Yeah. It takes you a little no, bit. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I was thinking about today, and, you know, at first glance, you assume that, yeah, like, yeah, just draft, a, draft some receivers. They're going to be good right away. Yeah, I see. And it very rarely happens. And so, like, you don't have a dependable receiver core, but then it kind of goes back the same way. It's like, yeah, we're just going to run play action through George Kittle. And throw to these running backs that we have that are really good receivers at the same time. Do you think Kale's going to have as good of a year? No, because he was so good last year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I just I they're going to target that. him a bunch. He's going to be the focal point of, the, of their passing game. But at He's the same time, else. I don't think it's be as good as it was last year. Yeah, I'm just again with Tevin Coleman being like the lead back and everything. I just think that it's going to be pretty crazy because. I'm wondering what Kyle Shanahan's going to do. He's going to be doing a lot more maneuvering when it comes to moving guys around. Even Coleman could play receiver. I think he's going to be doing trying a lot of different things because it's like what you're saying. Their wide receiver core is weak. Yeah. Even the Jordan Matthews thing. Wasn't he like Buffalo cut from Buffalo, cut from New England, cut from all the teams? Cut from Philly. Yeah, it's... I don't even know why he's on the 49ers, to be honest with you. Yeah, they just need, they need some bodies. That's um, weird. And I'm also expecting them to like run this run like a real run-heavy play-action offense, a real ball-control offense. I think it'd be kind of like Dallas in a way, but probably more, a little bit more explosive. Uh, and they're going to run play-action more than Dallas has typically. Going back to years prior, I think Dallas's offense will be better this year uh, with a new offensive coordinator. But I think it's important because their pass defense is bad here. And I know I mentioned earlier in the previous episode that the Bears had 27 interceptions last year. 
The San Francisco 49ers defense had two interceptions last season. Two. Um, <laughs> that's two more than me. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but Sherman was better last year than I thought he'd be, but he still is going to have problems against guys who are fast. I do think that Witherspoon had a good season last year. I think he has the potential to be better this season too. But their safeties are bad. Their nickel corner is bad. Their fourth cornerback's bad. And they're going to be depending on their, bas- on their pass rush. I love DeForest Buckner. He's awesome. And who knows? If him and Bosa play, and they're both like 10 sacks a year guys, uh, I think they'll be monumental for this team. The I think the biggest question on the defense, though, is that they trade a first-round pick for Ford for next year. They gave him a big contract. Last year, he had 13 sacks, 18 quarterback hits, 49 pressures. It was like the first great year of his career. Do you think he can keep up that same sort of production in San Francisco this season as a 4-3 linebacker? Who's going to move down defensively on pass rushing downs? Yeah, I'm actually going to give him. You like him? Yeah, I do. And that's just because I feel like somebody's going to have to break away and be able to put pressure from the San Francisco defensive side. And I don't know who else is going to be able to do that. And I think it's... I think him being able to get after the quarterback is going to be able to help a lot more, especially with him coming down. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, Beasley and Atlanta should watch D4 play a lot of football. Hey, man. Listen, Al- Atlanta has their own issues to work out, okay? You don't need I'm to be I'm saying like I'm, All I'm saying is that I think Ford is like the best example of that sort of pass rusher. And uh, and like as far as like a bend and rip guy, like he's very good at it. I think the biggest thing is just going to be Bosa and Buckner. That's the important part of this defense and their ability to create interior pressure. And D4 was the one that got the penalty last yeah. year. And that's just where people have a bad taste in the mouth, but it's more like he's still a great player and he just had that <laughs> one mistake that people are going to hold on to. Yeah. So I, I, I like it. I like it a lot, and I feel like he may he may do really well for 49ers. Yeah. Especially I, with Bosa and Buckner then. It sucks that Bosa's hurt. That's so dumb. Bosa, How bad is the ankle? If Bosa was, was healthy this year, I could probably talk him to being a playoff team. I okay, think. Okay, I'm I not think, going that far. I think this is the most interesting team in the division, though, as far as like, or I think this is the most interesting team in the NFC as far as like a four-win to playoff team potential. It's funny. I just feel like it's the same thing with Arizona. This is just a fun bad team. This I don't think it'll be bad. Oh no, I just I don't see more than eight wins. Yeah, I would. Again, like it. I don't know. Yeah, you can put gra- them more than eight. For me, it's just the Garoppolo thing. But uh, I think of all the teams, because like every year there's one or two teams that go from four wins to ten wins and makes the playoffs. I think the NFC, the best example of this, or the best opportunity for this is San Francisco. Yeah, I'm not buying it. So what do you have for San Francisco this year? All right, for San Francisco, I'm going to put it at seven and nine. All right, so I'm going to put them at nine and seven. Oh, look at you. Look then they miss you. the playoffs, and I think they have a better chance than the Seahawks to take over the Rams in the division. Okay, that's not true at all, and it's this easy. They don't have Russell Wilson. I didn't say that's what's going to happen. I said I think. What What do you mean that's what you think? I didn't say it's going to happen. Wait, but you're, that doesn't make any sense now because <laughs> that's what you just said. You, and said you're, you said that's not going to happen. You said there's no way that can happen. Okay, there's no way that can happen. Yeah. Okay, I don't know where you're going with this, but I don't like it. Uh, See, it's too late. This is what happens when you're here for too long. I mean, we've been here for, I mean, we've done the entire NFC in one day. Oh, God. Man. 48 hours. Yeah, four hours. No, 48 hours. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's like the show. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was 24 hours. No, it's the next 48 hours. Oh, no, hours. no, it's the next 48 hours. It's 24. Wait, the show 24? Yeah. And it's just two people podcasting for 24 straight hours. That'd be good. Oh, People would watch that, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. We can do it for charity. Yeah, yeah. We'll have like a webcam footage. Yeah, the charity's my bank account. Yeah, we'll have the 4 million listeners just donate to us. Sounds good. So the, the last team we have for the NFC are the Seattle Seahawks. Um, so they lost a lot of players last year. And then they add Jason Myers, a kicker, and Mikey Upati, a guard. They lost Earl Thomas. They lost Justin Coleman. They lost Sharon Steven. They lost J.R. Sweezy. They lost Mike Davis. They lost Maurice Alexander. They lost Dick Baldwin. Uh, they lost Frank Clark. They also have lost uh, Jerome Reed for the first six games of the season because he failed the, or I guess he was suspended by Roger Goodell for uh, you know, being a bad boy. And so they <laughs> is, that why, is that what Roger Goodell <laughs> called him? You're said, suspended for being said, Jerron, bad. Said, you're a bad boy. You're so bad. Yeah, don't be so bad. Oh, my God. Um, so the Seahawks, 
didn't get better this offseason. It's on purpose. And they lost their entire team. And they drafted a lot of players, but in my eyes, well, they also added Ezekiel and Sussman too. And, but as we mentioned, as we read on the news today, uh, he's injured at the moment as well and hasn't been partaking in preseason activities. I've been even reading that Seattle wants to even trade again, that they're talking about trading another one of their players. You know why, Matt? It's because they can't afford Russell Wilson's contract. All right, well, that's different. This well, is different. That's no, what no, saying, I, guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think this year for the Seahawks, this is like a one step backward to take two steps forward in the future. Like I, I think, I think this I'm is like, like a down mediocre year for them. But they win six, they win seven games or eight games. But it's weird to say that because like last year they weren't su- they weren't supposed to make anything, but it's the magic of Russell Wilson. I think the biggest thing for, for the because preseason, they really weren't. No, but I think the biggest thing for it is they had a lot of really good defensive players that you just didn't know about yet. Maybe, but still, I mean, I just. I never saw this team being the way they were. They had the number one running attack in the league. Well, they ran the ball the most in the league. Still. They no. weren't the best rushing attack, though. Yeah, but they still Just because you do something a lot doesn't mean you're good at it. Yeah, but the, if you're bad at it, though, that's one thing. If you're at least decent at it, that's another thing that you can keep going with it. Well, their offense would have been better if they threw it more. Uh, As we saw in that playoff loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Well, that's just because the Dallas Cowboys are great. Mm. And Russell Wilson just couldn't perform the magic of Russell Wilson. But it happens. He got close. He threw some good deep passes. And that's the only reason why I believe in this team, which is why the more I talk about them, they're going to be the 10-6 and six team. And then the Rams are going to be the 11-5 and five team. Wow. But either way, the Seattle Seahawks are going to get the wild card again. They're going to come out of nowhere. No one's going to expect it. And it's going to happen again. And I hate Pete Carroll. God, I hate Pete Carroll. Uh, I like uh, Pete Carroll's... Ultimate. I won't douche. say. It. I won't. I won't bring politics into this. But okay. So Russell. Right. Russell Wilson last we'll year. Save it for the church. Okay. Yeah, I'll save it for after show. Damn, Russell Wilson was good last year. So let, let me give you his numbers. Let me know if you think he's gonna be better than this. He had a sixty-five point six percent completion percentage, three thousand four hundred forty-eight yards, thirty-five touchdowns to seven receptions, six point six net yards per pass, eleven point three percent DVOA, and then without pressure, his DVOA was seventy-three point eight percent, which is. 40% better than Kirk Cousins because, again, Kirk Cousins is a coward. Um, so is he going to be better than that this year without Doug Baldwin by by changing out Doug Baldwin for DK Metcalf? Man. I don't think so. I don't think so either. He's not going to – okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's do it this way, though. He's not going to have the same type of completion percentage by any stretch of the imagination, but I bet he has more big plays. I bet there's more bombs downfield because he still has Lockett. He does, but so on deep passing last year, 6.6 yards per pass, 16 touchdowns, one interception, uh, DVA of 225.2%, and 24% of their pass attempts were deep. So they were, we're going to run the ball a lot, and then we're going to throw it deep. And I don't think Tyler Lockett can do what he did again next year they did last year because he was – like, he was insane down the field. That's what I'm saying, like though. Everything he caught was, like, 25 yards. That's exactly what I I just don't I think like he can do it again because they don't have... I don't like their secondary options, you know? And it's entirely depending on their rushing attack being, like, yeah, we're just going to keep breaking tackles again, four yards a carry, five yards a carry. I still... I, again, it's the same thing as last year. I just feel like... Because who is there? Is it still Carson? Well, they have, like, four running backs. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Have they? Is there even a clear cutter? They're just going to do the running back by committee again. So it's Carson, it's Rashad Penny, who I still came with use a first round pick on. And it's oh CJ, yeah, that was and it's, bad. And it's CJ, CJ Pro size. Yeah, no matter what you say, the Penny thing is not worth a first round pick for you to and he use was him like, with three others. Okay, last year he just wasn't used as much, but Carson's the is the Carson's, predominant back. Yeah, here. Carson's their guy. I just when it comes to this team, especially with their defense, they. They're having to get rid of all these pieces because you have to pay for the contract. So it's essentially starting over. And is that the whole thing where they're starting over from scratch where they don't believe Russell Wilson is going to be able to win them anything? So it's just kind of like a farewell tour slash rebuilding where we'll build up this team where once you retire, then we're going to draft our quarterback for the last remaining piece. No, I don't think so. I think it's more like we're going to get draft picks because they're paid $1 million dollars. And we'll load up on young talent and then give us a year or two to develop them. And by the time they're developed, you know, we still have Wilson, who's going to be great for another, like, three or four more years. Like, he's at his peak right now. Yeah. No. And he'll still be really good for probably three more years. 
in as his, long as he doesn't get hurt. In his day and age, the quarterbacks, man, he probably and has like another twelve years. Who knows? Jeez, um, this is my pro- this is my biggest problem with Seahawks though. So last year, Frank Clark and Jerome Reed they combined for twenty three and a half sacks, twenty seven quarterback hits, and fifty nine pressures. Uh, Frank Clark's in Kansas City. Reed's not going to be on the field until Week Seven, and in, in their place to be Quinn Jefferson. Ansa's hurt. Uh, Puna Ford's their defensive tackle. Al Woods their defensive tackle. Those are run stopping guys. Bobby Wagner is the best linebacker in football. Uh, but like I just I don't like the pass rush here at all. And the secondary is okay. And uh, I think they're gonna give up a lot of points. I think it's gonna be the same sort of Seattle defense being without those two guys on the field. With this, so you think the same Seattle type defense? I don't think it's gonna be the the same Seattle type defense. Like, oh yeah, no. Seattle's no. defense I think is gonna be like twentieth this year because those two guys are on the field. I'll agree with that. And I just don't think with the loss of all, I mean, Earl Thomas is going to be huge, even though we're never going to see another guy flick off the sideline ever again. It was again. cool. It was great. And the only other thing when it comes to that defense. I do like McDougal, though. Why? He's good. Eh, I don't know. The last name doesn't 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 hit me. Uh, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't do it right. I think Shaquille Griffin was a letdown, though, last year. And they lost Coleman, who's their slot corner, who was okay, who Detroit paid a bunch of money to go. Uh, play over there, but well, Detroit paid all the defensive players because Matt Patricia is going to turn them into gold stars. Yeah, I just this Seattle team—they're interesting because again, me reading that they're wanting to trade another one of their players, they just don't care. How many draft picks do they have for this upcoming year? I don't know. So, do they stockpile for last year? They stockpiling for this upcoming, or just for the future? They're entirely? just stockpiling picks. See, I just—I don't like their plan. They're wanting a ways for Russell Wilson in order for them to build. I mean, they're going to build young because, like you talked about, you know, they're paying Russell Wilson thirty million dollars. I know, and so I they're going to they're going to build around young talent as as a result of it. I just think this is a team that's worse than last year. Last year, their passing game was built off of a lot of deep passes that I don't think they have the same level of talent to uh, redo that again. And then also, they're an inefficient offense because they ran the ball too much. But at the same time, they throw the ball more, then you kind of lose your efficiency as a deep passing team. And so then they're kind of stuck. I don't think Russell Wilson can get better in this offense. I think last year's as good as it gets for them with the type of offense they have, with the skill position players they have. And I think this is going to be a worse defense next year as well, too. So I think this is like an, a very average team. Uh, and and it's, this is like a, a two step, two steps backward to be able to take, you know, three steps forward in the future as they draft a bunch more young players and then, you know, create some more spare parts and then have the ability to jump into free agency maybe two years from now. But I think this is a team that won't be like a contender again uh, until 2021. Who would you rather have on your team, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Wilson. Ooh, He's 31. Uh-huh. He's better without pass protection. Ooh, okay. He can throw the ball downfield better. Interesting. He's nicer, I think. <laughs> he's nicer. That's what, that's to his coaches, at least. Yeah, I mean, but, but he's, he's coddled by his coaches and makes, makes you know, your defensive players mad. He's called by Sierra, too. But either way, that's interesting because I was just thinking about that. Russell Wilson truly is better than Aaron Rodgers, you could say. And yet Aaron Rodgers still gets more of the credit. I'm not. I. You know what? I'm going to have to write an article about this. Good. Uh, they both have as many Super Bowl wins. I know. And yet uh, he's been in the Super Bowl more times as well. Mm. Interesting. And um, all I needed was Aaron Rodgers to win one more just so Brett Favre's legacy would be ruined. Yeah, he couldn't do but it. But now it's like, okay, here's the other question. Who's the bigger douchebag, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers? I don't, I mean, no, I think they both, I don't think Favre's a douche for wanting to leave Green Bay. Well, wait, 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 wait. Favre's a douche. He just, no. Have he, you seen those Levi commercials? No, he's just. That he, doesn't say nice guy. He just likes. Doesn't to, say nice guy on those pants. He likes his tractor. Um, <laughs> the thing I wanted to say about Seattle too that I like I like teams that are like good at doing certain things so they like have these weird quirks about them like I've always wanted Arizona just to sign a bunch of old players and just develop, become the nursing home of the NFL what? and so what Seattle does though is Seattle loves to sign former first round bus so they have DJ Fluker they sign Ansa I wouldn't say Ansa's a bus but he was hurt the year before and they got him for, for cheap uh, they signed Barcavius Mingo. He's not there at all anymore. But they like to do that. They like to bring in these. Four. They had Deion Jordan last year. He's not going to be there this year. But they love to sign like former top five picks, top ten picks that didn't work out. Give them another shot in Seattle. And I think it's fun. I think it's a fun thing that they like to do. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you got to give guys, at least it's not the Dallas Cowboy way where they're just going to give, you know, criminals contracts. Yeah. At least it's guys that were just picked really high that just weren't able to prove themselves. Let's see if we can make something out of them. And Seattle, for the most part, has been able to at least get guys to play as a combined unit, which is really impressive. It's just the Russell Wilson thing where they just picked their quarterback over the entire team. And even guys going into it, they'll be able to clearly see that. So either way, though, if I'm the team, I'd pick Russell Wilson over those guys. Yeah. I mean, how can you not? That's why it's all about. I mean, it's the most important position. And then being butthurt about it, you would think that they would understand. Well, how many of them are still in the league, too? Was it like three? I mean, I think Sherman's the last one left. Or Earl Thomas is in Baltimore. Yeah. And it's like, even with their old Thomas flicking him off, he deserved to flip him off because that was entirely they different. Paid him. Yeah. yeah, that was entirely, I agree with you. Like, that was just bad because it, he was playing that way and, like, the team was waiting for it. Yeah. He was thinking about it. That was just a bad it's situation. It's just, you, your quarterback has a, lo- has a long career than your defensive linemen do, than your cornerbacks do. It's fair. Um, oh, so this is my also my favorite Seattle stat, too. So last year, they were second rushing attempts of 534. They were last in past attempts of 427. Wow. So, they, so they're paying Russell Wilson $32 million a year to be the least throwing uh, passing offense in football. They are paying him that much money in order for him to escape and for him to well, just for sure. like dance make, around They don't spin. have to pay for, the, for their offensive line or pay for an exactly. offensive line they can pass protect because of how good he is as a scrambler. Exactly. That's um, exactly what they're saving money on. Then this is probably like the best offensive line the Seahawks have had. It's Dwayne Brown, it's Mikey Apati, it's Justin Britt, it's DJ Fluker, and Jermaine Effetti. And so I think this is probably the best offensive line he's had there as far as like all around, not just, you know, run blocking wise. Yeah, but they're just going to be focusing on running, just like you're saying, and doing the play action with Lockett and, and Metcalf. And throw the ball as far as possible. And I mean, they're just going to line them up on either side, which, I mean, it's gonna, it should be fun to watch at least. Yeah. If it works. I yeah I mean I just I just see a very uh, average team here. So their postseason odds are forty one percent. Their projected uh, win total is eight point six wins. They play a tenth the tenth toughest schedule in football this season. Their over under is eight and a half wins. So what do you have here for the Seattle Seahawks? I'm sticking with my ten and six. Ten and six. Wild card number two. Wild card number two. All right. So I have them at eight and eight. I can see them as nine and seven. I think the 49ers have the, the better chance of winning the division overall. Okay, okay. That's not happening. Yeah. I, I think it's going to happen. You just like Jimmy G. You told me that you think that his eyes are more beautiful than Russell Wilson. No, it's his eyebrows. His eyebrows? His are they done? Oh, God. Man. Man, I need to get my eyebrows done, too. I feel like that's going to be the new thing. He's he's bronze like a turkey con queso. Yeah. What is the turkey con queso? Wait, I feel like, is that a dish? Yeah, you've had it before. Have I? Oh, the two-point <laughs> queso. All right, so to recap, there's the Cardinals. I'm at 5-11. You're at 4-12. I'm taking the push. You're taking the under. Los Angeles Rams, I'm at 10-6 win the division. You have them at 10-6 win the division. Change that to 11-5. 11-5. Yeah. Well, you have the over, and then I have the under then. And then for the Seattle Seahawks, the over-under for them, I mean the San Francisco 49ers, the over-under is eight wins. I'm taking the over at 9-7, you're taking the under at 7-9. and nine. And then for the Seattle Seahawks, I'm taking the under of 8.5, I have them at 8-8, eight and eight. you're taking the over at 10-6, and six. and you're thinking that they're going to be the second wildcard team. Heck yeah, baby. I like to always roll the dice with Russell Wilson. Sounds good. So I guess that if, if I can remember correctly, the NFC... I have my two wildcard teams as the Packers and the Cowboys. My NFC winners are the Eagles, the Bears, the Rams, and the Carolina Panthers. I don't know what I have as far as my second wildcard team. I don't think I've picked that yet. But I'm going to say because I have the division winners as New Orleans, Rams, Cowboys, and Bears. Yeah. And then my wild card Seattle. would be Seattle. And then, see, now it's going to be conflicting. Uh, you know what? It's going to be Philly. You're going to go Philly? It's Philly. So the same thing as last year? Yeah, it's going to be the exact same thing as last year. I think you made some bad picks then. 
What are you talking about? I think I made great picks. How did I pick the exact same thing as last year? Yeah, you might want to sleep on that. You know what? I'm not going to sleep on anything because the only thing I would <laughs> truly change would be my one wild card. That's it. Yeah. I would I, only change the one wild card, and the only team I'd be thinking of changing it to is Green Bay, and I don't want to do it because I hate Aaron Rodgers. Okay, that works out. Yeah, so I'm going to leave it. Oh, It's the same. It's a repeat. It's what I do. Yeah. 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 Except no Nick Foles. So things work differently now. Hey, we'll talk about him. Oh, actually, we won't talk about him. Yeah, I won't be there because um, you want to be with somebody else. We're doing a separate AFC South preview because the we're Houston separating. Texans play in the AFC South. But anyways, thing for Beyond Tonight, Taylor. I'll make sure to get your AFC South thoughts um, as a quick recap, maybe for the AFC West preview because, yeah, because it makes sense. And uh, But anyways, thing for listening to Red Radio. My name is Matt Weston, and thank you for Beyond Tonight, Taylor. It's 4 a.m. Get out of my house. <laughs>